Welcome to a special bonus episode of Great More Tapes, a Marble Hornets rewatch podcast. I am your host, Pippin. And I am your other host, Lee. And today, uh, this is episode 5.5 is our uh, naming convention for these bonus episodes. I mean, it's appropriate. I suppose so. Um, so this episode uh, is going to... First be uh, a response to listener questions that we've asked for, and then once we've done that, we will be moving into a spoiler section where we can talk about all the stuff in season one that made us think of stuff in seasons two and three that we have not been able to talk off the podcast yet. <laughs> yes, and yes, yes. Yeah, the, the reason that we wanted to do this um, is just because... Uh, through recording the, these episodes and watching these entries, there's so much extra stuff that we want to talk about that we think would be really great for the discussion, but we haven't been able to talk about it yet because we're, we've promised our listeners that we, uh, we're going to do this as spoiler-free as possible. For some reason. <laughs> but it is stuff that we still wanted to talk about and stuff that uh, we think is important to the series and to, uh, to keep in mind while we're watching these earlier entries. We have a lot of knowledge of this series, and we gotta <laughs> put it somewhere, or it's gonna break my brain. Well, even aside from just having a lot of knowledge, we've just also seen the series before. <laughs> well, yes, but we also have seen the series many a time. Mm -hmm. Some of us more than others, perhaps. <laughs> I've seen I don't know. I, I'm saying that. I don't know that that's true. I've seen the first season of Marble Hornets many times over. Yes. Um, and I've seen season two quite a few times. I think I've only watched season three all the way through maybe two times. That's wild. Um, season one is the season of Marble Hornets that I've watched the least. Like, repeatedly, really? probably. That is fascinating. <laughs> Um, so we wanted to do a, a spoiler episode, but we thought that that might not be enough to fill an episode and drop it in the feed for a week's worth of, of content. Well, we also didn't want the people who are listening to it that want it to be spoiler free to just not listen to an episode for a week. <laughs> this is true. Um, we only have so many people. So we decided to solicit questions from you and, uh figured that would be a great way to fill the first part of this episode because and this is another reason why i want to do this is that marble hornets kind of lives and dies on like fan interaction and discussion mm -hmm. um there was so much theory crafting and discussion back in the day while the episodes were uploaded and I really wanted to retain that element in our show while we're producing this podcast and figured that this was probably the best way to do it. Yes. So, unless you have anything else that you want to talk about, we can move right into it and get to our first 
and only email. <laughs> <laughs> um, we knew, well, we didn't know. We we had the idea to do to do this episode of the podcast after we had recorded several of them already and not posted them. So we had no idea when we came up for the idea for this episode if anyone was going to be listening to this, what sort of listener interaction there was going to be, who was going to be listening to it. So we uh, we made kind of a big shot in the dark here assuming that somebody someone out there <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly surprised we got one mm-hmm. so um but one is all it takes i am so happy yes <laughs> that we received this email uh because it justifies the entire thing um it's a good email it is a good email um so if if you are listening to this and you want to send us email uh you can still do that. Please uh, do. Yeah. Uh, we would love to like continue this discussion aspect of the podcast. We, we, we know we may do bonus episodes in the future, but it would also be nice to like respond to questions about the entries that we're covering. God, you know, that would if, be really fun. Yeah. I'm just realizing this suddenly just now, but yeah. <laughs> um, that could... I think that would be really neat. Yes, um, I agree. and and further incorporate the the discussion aspect because so far it's just us talking. Yes, <laughs> I would love to get other perspectives on the series and incorporate that into this sort of living document of our feelings on <laughs> on uh, Marble Hornets. That's a lot of words that you've just thrown together, but yes, I agree. Um, so this email comes from Lily. Thank you, Lily. Who I who I, I know from Tumblr. I didn't realize that I knew you from Tumblr until I saw your email address, and now I know that, and hey, what's up? <laughs> um, we're probably going to skip over the first part of this email because it's going to get into some spoilery stuff, um, but it does begin, Hi, Lee! Exclamation point. Uh, That's me! Yeah, it's not me. I couldn't help but notice. <laughs> it's singular. Hi, one of the hosts of this podcast. Not the other. Look, you got mentioned in the last sentence, though. It is. It. Is. I am in the last sentence of yeah, this Yeah, you're there. I appreciate your email, Lily. Thank you. Hi, Lee. Can't tell you how hype I was to see that you're doing a whole podcast taking this series apart thread by thread. I was hoping you guys would talk more about the actual role of the script supervisor as the person in charge of making sure that scenes stay consistent within different shots and how that might relate to Jay and his role on the set and as the narrator of the series. Also, I would love to hear about how you guys think to the arc found out that Jay was being active again. Do you think they just Googled Marble Hornets a couple times a year? Have they been keeping an eye on Jay ever since that summer and noticed that he's actually got a hobby for once? I'm adoring the show. There's nothing... There's really nothing like listening to a couple of people who are passionate and knowledgeable about a series you already love to pieces, breaking it apart bit by bit to show you how it all comes together. You two have a great chemistry with your different approaches to media. It's been a lot of fun seeing Pippin's interest in the mechanics and the practicalities mesh with Lee's character insight and and behind-the-scenes lore. Gonna go listen to episode 5 now while I cross-stitch this frog. I hope your frog, your frog is... Coming together nicely, Lily. Thank you so much for your email. Please let us see your frog. <laughs> send, send us pics of that frog. I want to see it. Um, 
yeah, I just want to say off the bat, um, I appreciate your uh, your statement at the end about how we both have different perspectives on the series because we <laughs> we both like a lot of the same things, but we like them in very different ways. And this is actually our third time trying to start a podcast together. Oh my god, is it? Yes. <laughs> what was the second? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, because we knew that we had a dynamic that we thought was interesting. <laughs> dynamic. Um, I mean, maybe you're right. not a dynamic, but like different different perspectives on things and what what kind of tickles our brains. <laughs> what tickles our fancy? Uh, we both tend to like the same kinds of things, but in it, kind of operating in different modes. I will say. Um, my interest in Marble Hornets and this go-around is less in the mechanics of how everything works. And I'm, I'm trying to come at the series now with, with more of an eye towards um, theme, for lack of a better word. There was a part of me years ago that would, like, that. this is just how my brain works, is that I, I want to see how all the pieces fit together. And I want to see how everything interacts with each other. And so, you know, several years ago watching the series, I was very interested in the mechanics and how, like, the operator worked and what exactly was going on. And I'm trying to distance myself more and more from that mode of thinking, just, and, and that mode of analysis, um, coming to the series this go-around. Because I think there's a lot more interesting stuff there that has less to do with like the supernatural and what is explicitly going on and more to do with what is the series trying to say what are the vibes like <laughs> uh somewhat the yeah. vibes but you know what what's really in this series what is it about what are the symbols that are used what do things represent um, and I, I, I'm trying to operate in a far less literal way than I usually do and want to operate more on, on a thematic way. And I want to talk a bit more about that in the spoiler section, but, uh, I do appreciate your, your, your statement about us having different perspectives. So the first part of this question, talking about the role of the script supervisor, I assumed that this was going to go in the... Well, I guess part of it will go in the spoiler section because I want to talk about that later, but... Yeah, um, so I actually had to look this up, what a script supervisor was and, and what kind of their duties are. Because I have, um, like, some knowledge of, of film production. I took film classes in high school. I did not take film classes in college. Oh, look, I had film classes in high school as an option. Mm -hmm. I took film classes in college, mm -hmm. but not high school. <laughs> so I, I learned a bit about film production in those classes, but it was on a very basic level. And so for those of you who don't know, uh, film production is divided into three stages. Typically, there's pre-production, production, and post-production. Uh, I was assuming that script supervising was something that happened on the pre-production side of things, which is not the case. Pre-production is sort of, it's it's when the, the screenplay is written mm -hmm. by the screenwriter. It's 
you know, when storyboards are mapped out, so we know what kind of shots the they want during the production, and it's a bunch of other things. It's a it's a lot of costuming. It's a lot of set design. When you move into production, that is when they are actually filming. When you have the director on set with the actors, uh, when you have the director of photography there, when you have the dog there, <laughs> when you have the dog, and then. Post-production is when you have all the raw materials that you've taken from production. You have all the camera shots that you want. Um, and then you assemble them in editing and add any special effects, sound mixing, sound engineering, stuff like that. Um, the script supervisor is somebody who works during the production side of things that is in charge of keeping continuity and sort of acts as the representative of the screenwriter and the editor. So they're the... They're, I would be so good at this. <laughs> they are the production version of that pre-production and post-production job. Um, so they're in charge of keeping continuity, making sure that like eye lines are lined up right. Um, they also keep the, um, the current shooting script. So once production is actually underway uh you'll have the screenplay but as the director and the actors are going through production and making changes of it, it making changes to it the uh, script supervisor will take all of those changes and uh, update the shooting script and keep the most current version of that so in case there are like reshoots or anything they have and they have an updated script to work off of and apparently this was jay's job <laughs> i was just going to say that actually adds a lot to like jay as a character just that idea that that i mean not really because it's alex and like he just <laughs> had jay as a script supervisor mm -hmm. he even says uh in the entry he says for now which i assume means that he's like Jay is going to be like camera operator tomorrow or Oh like, yeah. Jay is going to have many hats. When you're um, in a when you're in a film union, these roles matter a whole lot. <laughs> when uh when you are a college student working with whoever you can find, you just put whoever into whatever roles need to be filled. Sometimes the, the reason you... I assume that this was a pre-production job is because it seemed at first that Jay primarily worked on pre-production with like location scouting and stuff. But we see in other entries that he was there for a lot of the shooting, or at least some of the shooting as well. Mm -hmm. And I guess his job was to <laughs> keep continuity. I think before we talk about Alex Crayley's Marble Hornets. I assume we should we should we should address the the second part of this question, which is how this might relate to Jay in his role on the set and as the narrator oh, of this series. I, I yeah. yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Because um, Jay might be uniquely uniquely qualified to take all of this footage mm -hmm. that Alex gave him and see if how things line up. I think. Jay's actual role on the production of Marvel Hornets was far less specified than what the actual role of oh, a yeah. script, what a script supervisor is. Um, I mean, he, I, I think that his, him being a script super, supervisor was probably more of a literal title in that he was there <laughs> with the script. 
as they were working on it or whatever. Yeah, it seems like Alex doesn't know what a script supervisor is, and neither oh does no, Jay. absolutely not. Jay just seems to be the person on set with the script, who I guess is feeding people lines. That's kind of what I've always assumed that he was doing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that is what we see him doing. Also, I just realized I said Alex is the one who said for now, but no, that was Jay, and I think that's even funnier. But yes, go on. Um. I think it's very funny that a script supervisor, one of their roles is to keep an up-to-date shooting script as changes are made, because Alex does not come across as the kind of director that would allow changes to his script. Oh, of course not. He wrote it the way that he wanted it, and you're going to deliver the lines verbatim. Yep, he wrote it, he's been working on it since high school, it's his magnum opus, it's going to change the world. But if we assume that Jay was an actual script supervisor, that may just like speak to the way that his brain operates and yeah. you know and and him finding all of this footage from Alex and trying to construct a narrative out of it. That strikes me Jay has always struck me more as an editor type mm-hmm. of person. Yeah. But this would also be suited to uh, to a script supervisor as he tries to establish continuity. Yes, in very a, much. And an order of events. And and also like it, it a role like script supervisor or uh, editor or anything having to do with continuity, you have to be like a very detail minded person, mm-hmm. and that certainly seems to be the case with Jay. Like mm-hmm. that's. From what we've... I mean, we don't see a whole lot of Jay, I guess, in season one, but... Jade really does strike me as an editor, though. He does, there's, yeah. There's sort of a, a, a <laughs> cliched film production phrase, is that the the script is written three times, once when you write it, to uh, twice once you're shooting it, and then a third time in the edit. Oh, yeah. sort of find the film in the edit. And that's always struck me more as what Jay is doing, is that... He is assembling footage that has already been shot and trying to find the movie in it. I mean, yeah. I like the idea that that, that was what he was originally going to do with these tapes. <laughs> when, he, when he pulled them out of his closet and he was like, oh yeah, we had all that footage from that project that Alex was going to burn. Maybe I can salvage this. Yeah, even the pretense that he is going to... Uh, like complete Alex Crayley's Marble Hornets. Even if not complete, just like an editor put put together like just something. Put together like a a, a trailer or like a, mm-hmm. a, a a what is the word I'm looking for? Like a pitch for it to exist <laughs> or something like that. You know, uh, a TV pilot. Oh yeah, yeah. Pitch to ABC. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Uh, do you want to talk about Alex Crayley's Marble Hornets? We. I, well, yes, but I, what I want to talk about with Alex Crayley's Marble Hornets will, will be more relevant to the spoiler section. Oh, okay. So, uh, can move on to the next part. Uh, how do you guys think To The Ark found out that Jay was being active again? That's... We can, we can come back to this question during the spoiler section, but I do think that whoever To The Ark is, is just kind of keeping an eye on things. Yeah. And let's see. Uh, by the time the first to the arc is posted, Jay hasn't gone anywhere yet, right? It's right after entry nine. Yes. 
So I guess Jay wouldn't be doing anything outwardly unusual mm-hmm. that to the Ark would notice. Um, I had a whole theory in my head, assuming that to the Ark starts after he had gone to the house for the first time, or really after he had talked with Tim, but that is not the not case. The case. <laughs> <laughs> so we can just throw that whole idea in the trash. Um, well, make sure you actually burn it, because there might be a supervisor <laughs> that comes along and pulls it out and dusts it off. Um, yeah, this is a good question. I don't... This is something that I've been thinking about a lot mm-hmm. while um, we've been doing this recent rewatch. Not even necessarily this question, but what triggers what? Yeah. It, it has been, like, rolling over in my head this entire time. So, like, what triggers... Um, to the Ark to start posting. What triggers the masked man to show up and start menacing Jay? Um, What triggers the operator to actually invade Jay's life uh, versus, you know, just seeing him on tape? Because he's not menaced by the operator until late into season one. So what is is the final straw there? Not, Not only is he not menaced by the operator until late into season one, but he... The operator doesn't really invade his life so much as he is dragged kicking and screaming to the operator in that, like, the first time that we see him with the operator is in that To the Ark video that we talked about with, like, the the light flashing and all of that, uh, which he doesn't remember or whatever. And then the second time is when he's in the creepy basement and he didn't intend to go there. Hmm, I guess that's true. Like it's 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 not like the with with Alex with the footage that we've seen with Alex the operator is outside of his house and inside of his house. In what we see with Jay, like near the end of the season, like yeah, I mean it could just be like the the beginning stages of whatever like ended up happening with Alex, but like we don't. The operator doesn't really seem to be following him in the way that it followed hmm. Alex. At least yeah. not yet. Who knows what'll happen? He gets kind of dragged into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do we th- like? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, it's I like. To, it's hard to talk about this without getting into spoiler stuff. Yeah. But I don't think to the arc is like doing active internet searches for oh, the hornets. I was about to say I like the idea of them doing. <laughs> Like it's a very funny thing to think about, but I don't, I don't think that's happening because uh, Marvel Hornets has no reason to be on the internet before Jay starts posting things. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it has had no internet presence until that we know of. No, I know. Except yeah. we know it doesn't. No, that we know. Of. We'll get into that, I guess, later. Yeah. So, do we want to move on from here? Was that our answer? Just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, 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 it's hard to talk about how To the Ark operates because there is a mystical element to it. See, you always say that, and I think you're right. I, well, not right, you know, but I, I like that. Well, that... Here's, here, here's a question. Does To the Ark, or the, does the masked man know how to operate, like, how, how to move through the weird, impossible space in the house? Good question. In a way that Jay doesn't, because he seems to... Does he? Mm-hmm. Does he, though? Like, does he? Or is he just kind of, like, stumbling through doors the same way that Jay is? Well, he seems to be leading Jay somewhere. 
and like taunting him because the door closes and his mask is on the doorknob right he seems to have like yeah, a true. knack for moving through this kind of space that i think a normal person wouldn't be able to like i i will maintain this is gonna get uh more complicated as the show goes on um not because to the arc is like demystified but the more mundane elements of it are sort of emphasized while less supernatural things go on around whoever to the arc is but I do think that there is a mystical element there. I, I think to the arc can do things that normal people can't. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a good like way of looking at it. Because that's, I mean, we'll get into it in later seasons, but there's some, some, some more weird stuff that happens throughout the series. That... I, I do really like the idea of to the arc monitoring things and keeping an eye on like jay or tim and seeing if things are going wrong but like if i if i what i really deep down believe is that to the arc is triggered is activated by something um that yeah yeah we'll get into that in the spoiler (laughs) section (laughs) um do we want to move on to the spoiler section do we have anything else that we wanted to talk about while we were here i don't think so I guess we talked about most of our, like, season one as a whole stuff Mm -hmm. last time. So, yeah. All right. Um, So if you do not want to be spoiled on the remaining narrative of Marble Hornets, please stop listening now. Um, I appreciate you uh, listening this far. Insert musical interlude here. I'll I'll, I'll put some music in. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, if, uh, If you want to stay engaged with the show you can follow us on twitter at great more tapes you can send emails to great more tapes at gmail.com please do and uh let other people know about the podcast that would help us a lot that oh would yeah grow our listenership and bring in more discussion which be sure is to like and what, subscribe <laughs> which is a uh, what i am taking as as sort of the main point of this podcast now for existing is to like like one be a be a document of how we feel about it but also have a have a chance to like further discussion on like a revisit to marble hornets that's like not in the moment as it's being posted yeah a discussion after the fact a post-mortem if you would see that's that's a good way of looking at it but at the same time i have had a tumblr for like eight years now so mm-hmm. i'm pretty used to just kind of screaming into the void about things that i like <laughs> so this will this will continue regardless but yes discussion would be nice all right so with that we are going to move into full spoiler discussion and this is your last chance to hop off this podcast episode before we start spoiling quick things. run away get off the train the spoilers are coming so is it obvious or what that Tim <laughs> is the masked man? Oh yeah, no, like fucking yes. I remember watching these entries at the time before Tim was revealed. Yes. Which I, 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 I which is a weird memory that clicked into my head because I can never remember when I actually started watching Marble Hornets. And I'm like, I think it was, I think it was in the middle of season two or or like early into season two. It must have been. Way at the beginning of season two, because Tim is revealed 
really early. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's entry 35 uh, when that happens. Oh, I thought it was actually earlier than that. No, it's, well, it's 35, but that's, like, the first, that's, that's, that's only the second, like, tape from the seven months. Like, 33 is the last of the hotel entries, and then we have 34 is Jay going to the house, and then 35 is when Maskey's there and Alex is there and the... Broke his leg with a block of cement, <laughs> and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I always like wonder how much of these things, like how much was it a secret? See, this is what I'm talking about. Is because I can remember the time before we knew a hundred percent that Tim was the masked man, but I remember seeing theories all over the place that was just like, well, Tim is obviously masky. And I was like, nah, that can't be right. Why would it be this random guy that we've only seen once in present day? It's got to be something else. (laughs) Uh, But it is so obvious that it's Tim. See, the thing is that the the analog that I have for that is, like, Hoodie. Whenever we didn't know who Hoodie was, but, Mm -hmm. like, everyone, we still knew I, I think I resisted pretty hard on the the hoodie is Brian I, front. I, I I wasn't shocked by it. Yeah. But I also wasn't like anticipating that that was going to be the reveal. But everybody knew that Masky was. Oh, dead. absolutely! Yeah. <laughs> the jacket and the sideburns. The sideburns. See, it's the jacket is hilarious. The jacket is the main thing. The jacket it's... is great because the first time that we see Maskey, he's not wearing that jacket. Uh huh. Which I have seen some. <laughs> I've I've been seeing some more recent like posts on the interwebs about that about the jacket that Maskey is wearing because and I think it's my fault because I think I phrased something funny in like a trivia blog from forever ago. That that jacket that uh that Maskey is wearing is the entry eighty jacket that Jay is wearing oh. the black jacket, which it's I mean maybe in real life but I doubt it, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny to me. Just Do you want to talk about the first part of this email? Yes. Before we move on to uh, the stuff that we kind of want to talk about about the whole series. Yes. So. I was thinking while you guys, this is back to Lily's email, I was thinking while you guys were talking about the dilemma about the chronology of the tapes with Alex's confession in episode four, honestly, I always assumed that the redacted thing with Jay happened before Alex filmed that confession. Alex just had a very, very busy weekend once he was introduced to the hospital location and ended his bender with a tidy little narrative wrapped up in a bow to convince himself on how it really went down. The redacted thing in this email is that Alex lured a bunch of people to the basement and also attacked Jay when he gave him the tapes. Yeah, see, that's the weird part, huh? That's the weird part, is that, like, that had to have been... I say had to have been. It would seem most likely that that that, that had to have been after everything at the hospital right but yet i think it is and yet i know that's not what uh lily is saying in this email but i i do think i mean it could go either way that that is the chronology of events that's just how it's slotting into my head Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe once we get to that entry we'll have different thoughts about it um 
but yeah, the big the big elephant in the room talking about that entry where Alex is staring at the camera and saying <laughs> Jay is gone, Tim is gone, Brian is gone, is that we Alex is the reason that they're gone and he did it deliberately. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um So I do I... like the idea of of <laughs> Once Tim shows Alex the hospital, he just like, oh, perfect. We're no, going to no, bring no. everyone here. But that's the thing is that, well, yes, when he shows him the hospital, yes. But it's the chronology of all this is really wild. I do want to talk about that because mm-hmm. so so this is going to be getting into some much later stuff. But when we get to entry 55 uh, is when Tim first mentions the hospital to Alex Mm-hmm. And it's very early in, like, production of Marble Hornets. Right we're, right. we're walking around and we're filming Brian looking thoughtful at, at like, an apartment building or mm-hmm. something. Um, and then the next entry is when Tim and Alex actually go to the hospital. Like, Tim shows mm-hmm. Alex where it is. And he says in the tape that he kind of thought that Alex had like given up on this location because yeah, this it would been have had to have been so way long. later. Oh yeah, this is this is like the end of everything, and Alex is acting like a dick, so it fits. Uh-huh. That's also the the butt entry, but we don't have to talk about that yet. Um, <laughs> is that the entry where Alex beats Tim with a pipe? It sure is. While he's peeing, yeah, <laughs> we can talk about pissing on stream. We can talk about people peeing on camera now. Not peeing on the camera, but peeing on camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see... <laughs> I was going to say Alex lures Tim there, except Tim is the one who brings Alex to this location, and Alex is like, perfect, this is exactly what I needed. Waits for Tim to take a leak on the top floor of this hospital building. On and the then, top floor, points goes, the camera at where he's going to walk around to go pee, which I think is great. <laughs> and then grabs a pipe. It yep. goes to beat Tim with a pipe. Just a, just a chunk of rebar. Um, yeah, so that that's the thing that this email is getting to, is that uh, Alex would have had to do all, all of this in a very short amount of time. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, the chronology of this. I want to talk about that. I'm sorry, I yeah, just interrupted you completely. But, so, yes, Tim and Alex, that's the first... Tim is the first person that is at the hospital with Alex, obviously, because there he is. Um, Presumably, the stuff with Seth is later that night, and so is more of the stuff with Tim, because then... we get that entry with Tim later, but is is Seth really supposed to be that night? I think so, probably, because entry 51, um, when Brian is there, Alex says that... No, no, no. I have that backwards. Hold on. Okay. So, in Entry 51, Alex says that Seth was there yesterday, and he wasn't feeling good, so he stayed home today. And then in Entry 56... Hold on. Yes, in Entry 56... Alex says that Brian will be there tomorrow and Seth will be here later today. So Seth is there that night. Wait, say that again? Entry 56, Tim is there day one. Mm -hmm. Seth will be there later today. So that night. And then day two is when Brian will be there. Because Alex says he's not going to shoot anything without Brian there. 
and he'll be there tomorrow. Hmm. So yeah, the, 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 the timeline of that is really interesting because that means that all of the Alex walking around with a bigger pipe looking for Tim in that, in that little building is the same night as what happens with Seth. So do you think it's before or after? Uh, I think it's got to be after. I think whatever happens with Seth is the way that Alex wanted it to go, and now he's trying to clean things up with Tim. See, I was going to say the other way around, because, like, I don't... I don't know. Like, I... He... I... Hmm. I don't think Alex can chase down three people in this building. No, no, no. I don't think he's chasing down anyone right now. Like, I... I'm wondering if the stuff with... See, the thing is also that the basement is not the same area where Tim is in mm. that entry. Because he goes from the big building over to the, like, annex building that we hang mm. out at for most of the rest of the... But yeah, none of this has to do with, with season one, <laughs> No, really, this is but... good. I'm glad we're getting this out. But yeah, like, and, and it wouldn't really makes sense i wouldn't think that alex would tell seth to get there at midnight i don't think that seth would get there at midnight <laughs> i don't think that that would be a thing that a person would do but at the same time who can say they're there at night <laughs> yeah so i mean they got there regardless yeah so yeah presumably the stuff with is alex isn't holding a camera in entry 57 when he's looking for tim is he don't know. I don't think he is, because he's got the flashlight in one hand and the pipe over his shoulder. Like his, <laughs> like his, his fucking samurai sword, ready to go. He's just dragging it behind him like Pyramid Head. Yes. <laughs> that's a good... Alex a good, as Pyramid Head. Just with the striped sweater and the... <laughs> that's good. I like that. Um, anyway, and then presumably the stuff with Jay... The stuff uh, with, with Alex giving Jay the tapes would take place at some point after this. Maybe the next day. Who knows? Mm -hmm. It is unclear what happens with Jay. It sure Jay is. Because Jay sure does end up with those tapes. He sure apparently does. Apparently fine. Well, he puts them in his car. Again, this has nothing to do with season one. He puts them in his car, and he's got them loaded into his car, and then Alex is like, hey, Jay, hold on a second. And then he fucking, like, strangles him mm -hmm. and leaves him for dead. Outside of his house? Yeah, this is why it's it's very hard to assemble this, because <laughs> we, like, obviously the way things leave off in that entry with Alex attacking Jay can't be the way that th things stay, because this is just, like, outside on the carport. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you can't just end things well, like that. <laughs> I mean... Something happens after that that we don't see, and yes. I don't know what that could be. But what I'm what I'm talking about specifically is, like, that the tapes are in Jay's car. What happens to Jay's car? Mm. We've seen him appear in his car in other places already. That's true, we have. Who can Unclear. say? Unclear. I do think that Alex filmed this after uh, after everything else um so the 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 email says that all this stuff with jay happened before alex filmed the confession i don't think that's true i think he films it before he gives the tapes to jay i don't know about that because it would make sense for him to do so afterwards if somehow if he was planning to get the tapes back from jay 
like in those five minutes between when he gave them to Jay and when he like killed Jay or whatever. But he didn't, and he realized that, oh, he fucked up and he didn't actually get to burn the tapes like he was going to. I could see him then going and recording this fucking confession using this mm-hmm. tape where yeah, he's... So th- this, this is going to get into, like, how crafty do we think Alex is, mm-hmm. really? Because I think, I think the, the main point of evidence here is that this confession is recorded onto the same tape yes. that he has of, of Seth going into the basement. Um, I, and, and I don't feel strongly about this. This could go either way for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I may flip-flop as we continue on the series. I think that he does not dig this tape out after he's attacked Jay and record over it. We know that Alex is, um, like, always trying to manipulate the narrative and the information around what is actually happening. We know that the tapes that he gives Jay are the ones that make him seem like a victim yes. when he <laughs> when he is an instigator. Um, we know that he that he is manipulating the information that we have. Mm-hmm. The question is, uh, <laughs> does he do that manipulation the night of taking Seth? This this reads to me as something very in the moment is that he 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 takes Seth to the basement and then records his confession, which is a total bullshit confession. But I think he does that in the moment. I don't think he does whatever he does with Jay finds digs that tape out and records it. Like Alex, Alex, you know, has plans and schemes, but he is also somebody we see time and time again like do things in the moment to cover his ass that's true however let me let me counterpoint that because i just had a thought so i don't think he necessarily dug out the tape because i don't think that he had that tape with all the rest of them in the first place and my evidence for that is the 5642 tape that jay takes from alex's house in entry 50, mm-hmm. writes 56-42. And that's the entry 51 tape where we see what happened to Brian. Oh, Alex so he's keeping kept those that specific tape. tapes separate, the ones where he is leading people to I, yeah, the basement? Yeah, I'm wondering that's if, that's, if, that's, if that's intentional. And so my, then... My counterpoint to that is that Alex doesn't label his tapes and couldn't possibly know which tape was which. <laughs> That's true. I mean, well, presumably he only has two or three of them. Um, maybe, maybe more. I guess he was holding a camera for part of his day with Tim. Anyway, um, all of that to say that if, if he had those separate from the rest at any point, it would at least be like... It would not be difficult for him to find the one that makes him look the most innocent and mm-hmm. take it and be like, here, let me record this. And I wanted to talk about this too as well. The the distortion hole, okay? Okay, here we go. <laughs> well, no, yes, okay. So the distortion hole, of course, from Entry 21, uh, when we're going to the Red Tower, is where later in Entry 69, nice, we return, we find great... More tapes, mm-hmm. and they're burned, but we get a couple of them that are working, and so on and so forth. So this is where, 
like Alex burns some of the tapes, but it's close to the Red Tower. Like my, my thought is like, what if Alex did this like on purpose, did this dramatic ass pretentious thing, like was like, just in case anyone ever finds out what's going on, I'll just leave this tape here in a mysterious yeah. place. Oh, I don't know about him leaving it in the tower, but I, I, do I like think the he idea records... of it. I think I think to the arc puts it in the tower, but I I mean he definitely records this part just in case anybody mm-hmm. you know catches a wind of thing. It's like well I can I can show them this tape or they can find this tape where it's very obvious that I don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> uh, all these things are happening around me, and that's gonna bring me to the end of this part of the. Uh, of the email and at his bender that uh, lily writes at the end of, of this this question uh that alex ended his bender with a tidy little narrative wrapped up in a bow to convince himself on how it really went down mm-hmm. i don't think alex is trying to convince himself of anything yeah that's yeah. alex and yeah, alex has to justify things to himself but we never see that justification we we see him fully bought in to what he thinks he has to do mm-hmm. um he, Alex, I think, is oh, is extremely aware of what he's doing, and that's kind of, like, part of what makes Alex such a great villain, yeah. is that he is malicious. It, he's not being controlled by anything, and he's not unaware of what's going on. He's being manipulated, certainly. Yeah. Um, but he knows that he is He knows what killing he's doing, people. yeah. Um, I don't think Alex is trying to convince himself of anything in this tape. This is this is purely to cover his own ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's all I got for your email. Yes. Thank you oh, again. Oh, script, su- script supervisor. We got to talk about Alex Crayley's Marble Hornets. We got to talk about... <laughs> I want to talk about the scenes from Alex Crayley's Marble Hornets. I want to talk about... Not talk about them specifically but just talk about all of the continuity (laughs) problems we should explain what this is for people who don't know yes so on on the blu-ray is it just the blu-ray or is it on the box set as well or the the season three i think it's just the blu-ray but i could be wrong if it is just on the blu-ray you can get the 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 digital version of the bonus features from the blu-ray at the the store.grampo.co where you can buy the DVDs and stuff for That's the Marvel store dot g r a m p o dot c o. I was gonna spell it when I finished my rambling sentence. Okay, but thank you. You've already done it. Anyway, on the Blu-ray we have three just beautiful <laughs> scenes from Alex Crayley's Marble Hornets. These are a look into what actual completed scenes what we from could have the had. movie would actually look like. And then we have three of them, and the genius part of them is that each of them are written, directed, and edited by each of the three members, uh, th- the three people who made Marble Hornets. Yes. And, yes. <laughs> and, and so they're all amazing. They're all beautiful in their own way, and I love them all. Um, but anyway, the, one of the, one of, one of the, the glaring things about at least one of them (laughs) Especially one of them, but I think they're in all of them. Yeah, is, is just, like, the most ridiculous continuity problems and, like, things. Like, like, 
doing shot reverse shot in a scene and having one of them be in a completely different location. Yes. <laughs> having the car be not the same car that's like driving. <laughs> anyway, so the- having the footage clearly be like 6 years older than <laughs> everything else. All of that to say, this is why you don't murder your script supervisor because things like this can happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think Jay was uh, was doing much script supervising on these sets. Listen. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but he was doing his best. I see that's I I love the idea of of Jay just kind of being there because I'm sure that in theory he was actually like I don't know, doing some form of script supervising, but I'm Alex is definitely the kind of person that would have just like talked over him and been like no actually don't we'll just we'll just do it this way instead <laughs> and just like like jay just kind of wondering why he's even there i can definitely see I, that being no jay is just happy that he's there. no exactly he's not wondering why he's there he's no just i know i just included. mean as as time goes on and uh and and the conditions become unworkable mm-hmm. on the set then yeah poor jay all right. Do we want to move on from the email? Yes. Thank sorry. you again, Lily, for sending in your email. Uh, it means a lot. So uh, the next thing that I have is where the fuck is Brian right now? Where, in fact, is Brian? Uh, a question for the ages. Uh, also, do we want to talk about like we're like we're pretty sure Brian is to the arc, or at least I'm sure that oh, Brian yeah. is to the arc. There are some conflicting uh, theories out there when we were talking about like resisting uh sort of common interpretations of the events of marble hornets a very common one uh just floating out there is that to the arc is seth yeah or that like seth is a member of to the arc right or something like that yeah I, yeah i don't think we can say to the arc is one person yeah for sure i would say for the most part it's brian yeah yeah that's definitely like the the impression that I have had the longest mm-hmm. is that. Um, I will also say, uh, I'll mention it here, since this might be relevant, maybe, I don't know. Um, we're not really going to be delving into anything from the Marble Hornets comics, because... Yeah, we're not going into the Marble Hornets expanded universe. <laughs> this is... <laughs> I, I, say, I say that. Is the Twitter part of the expanded universe? No, I'd say the Twitter. Yeah, the Twitter. The Twitter part is of the core experience. I yeah, guess. the Twitter. The Twitter is there. Or ancillary materials. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the 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 comics have some more stuff about some of this. I I'm actually an issue behind on reading that, and I'm only one of us has actually read any of mm-hmm. that. I have no interest so. in the comics, so I will never <laughs> be reading them. But uh, you can also. I, I am not. <laughs> I am not opposed to the idea <laughs> of continuing the story in comic book thor- form. It's just like I'm kind of done with the series. It That's exists fair. in a certain state in my head, um, and I'm going to keep it that way. That's I, fair. I have no interest in it all. But if you have interest in the comics, you can also get those at store.grampo.co. That's s t o r e dot g r a m p o dot c o. There you go. She's going to rib me all night about that. No. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, all of that to say, we're, we're just going to be talking about like Marble Hornets and to the art channels themselves and like the Twitter and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so 
Brian. We're in Brian's house. Yeah, I remember watching the series through as it was coming out and really not thinking about Brian at all. We get entry 51, um, which is very Brian-focused, but other than that... As all things should be. (laughs) Other than that, we don't get a whole lot about Brian. Mm -hmm. And so the knowledge... like, I. The knowledge that we have just been in Brian's house a ton, I don't want to say it slipped away. I think that was still in my head, but it it came across as very irrelevant information. Mm. But now just being like, oh, we're in somebody's house who is still like operating in this universe and doing shit. And his house is fucked up and he's not there. Um, What is going on with Brian during this stretch? This is going to get back to like... Uh, like, what prompts to the arc to start posting videos? It's just like, what is going on with Brian right now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And see, I, I don't want to get too much into like, here is why this thing is this way in this series because of this real life thing. But I also do kind of wonder what things might have looked like if Brian, real life Brian, the actor Brian, mm-hmm. uh, was like available more for yeah, like, filming like, these? Yeah, involved in the series yeah. rather than being like someone because, that they avoided in- occasionally. Because the because the 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 whole conceit of hoodie is very like clever in kind of a way that it's not really trying to be in that like Brian is given a whole lot of importance while only being in like very few <laughs> entries because when we were talking in an earlier episode about how sometimes the person holding the camera is not the character <laughs> holding the camera. We're talking primarily... I, I was talking primarily about Hoodie. Yes. And whenever we have the camera from Hoodie's perspective, it is never Brian. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, you're right, huh? It is never, ever Brian. It sure isn't. The only, the only times that Hoodie is actually Brian are entry 66... And entry 83, as far as I know. 66 is the one where we go back to the hospital and Tim tells Jay about that he was a patient there. And then we follow Hoodie around in oh. uh, MGS I guess I just mission. assumed that that was Joseph. I'm pretty sure that that one was actually Brian, mm-hmm. I think. But like all three of them, Troy, Joseph, and Tim, <laughs> I think were, were Hoodie at different oh, yeah, points. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and like... I. I believe Troy has gone on the record saying, like, part of that was necessity because, like, Brian was just, like, not a part of the production crew. But also it was a way to uh, keep people guessing on Brian's identity because people knew that Maskey was Tim. Yeah. Like, the entire time. Yeah, they they got a little bit more, more, a, a bit better about actually hiding well, when, <laughs> Distinguishing you, when you features. cover somebody's head with a ski mask and put a hood up, you mm-hmm. cannot tell who that is, mm-hmm. it turns out. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk a lot more about that later, I'm sure. But uh, I have lost my train of thought again. So getting back to this. It's very funny to imagine Brian editing together the To The Ark Does, entries. See, that's the fun thing. I want to... I wanna, come back to this many a time but the to the arc videos somebody had to make them (laughs) somebody had to make them in in like in the in the fiction of marble hornets 
Someone had to make these. What's with the fucking baby doll? What's with what is with any of it? Uh, my favorite one is all the smashed TVs. Oh uh, yeah, forest. that one's really good. See that one especially, like that did. Did 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 Hoodie just like drag all these TVs out to the forest? Did he just find them and was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do some great stop motion shit now." Like, I think because we have that episode where Hoodie is like camping out in the woods on his mattress in a shack somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's his that's his Hoodie hut. Uh huh. I like to imagine that uh, he found that stack of TVs and like, oh, this would make a great to the arc entry, and then just decided this is where he was gonna camp out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just well, right next to it. Well, to be He's f- got his laptop and editing bay <laughs> there in the shack. <laughs> Shit, you're right. Where um, he can key in images over the screens of the TV. <laughs> now, to be fair, that shack is a different shack than the one that's in that, that to no, the video. But, <laughs> yes, correct. Exactly. How do you think... What, what kind of internet do you think he's got out there in his hoodie hut? I think that Brian, as hoodie... Um, pays through the nose to get the fastest internet that he can and he is constantly starting and canceling subscriptions either that or he just kind of like camps out in tim's backyard sometimes and uses his wi-fi (laughs) which could make sense what in what i want to happen i know this is impossible for the like logistics of the series what i like to imagine is that brian in total hollowed out state still has like a library card and goes to the library to edit all these videos except no library computer is gonna have adobe premiere (laughs) yeah yeah i mean on that note we do have that the the entry with the photos of alex on the wall in the college basement that had to be developed somewhere And I just, I will never be done thinking about that and how that interaction went. Like, because the whole, the whole idea in my mind, I guess, is that maybe sometimes Brian can act like a normal person. Maybe he's not always that like is, that. That is totally, like... But there's no like evidence that for to, that. I feel like that has to be the case just for the logistics to work, but that totally clashes with my image of what Brian has become in my head as just kind of hollowed out. I I can't even say operating solely on instinct because if you operate only on instinct, you can't edit together to the arc entries. But do you think, I mean, he's, I, I, I won't go into twin peaks here, (laughs) but we've been watching twin peaks. Do you think that he, He's he was basically just just Dougie whenever, whenever he first whenever all this first started. <laughs> Dougie Jones. Dougie Jones. Um. No, <laughs> I don't, because Dougie can at least repeat words back at people. I don't even think Brian can do that. Well, I think he's completely nonverbal. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he also I think he also just doesn't want to, mm. but yeah. Um, we will get, we'll, especially once we finish it, I'm sure, we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk more about Twin Peaks and oh, yeah. in relation to Marvel We've Hornets. been watching Twin Peaks, uh, which I have seen before and she has not. And there are a lot of 
connections yes. between the two, which is very funny because the return had not come out um, until after season three had ended. Mm-hmm. And I know the return is Tim's favorite thing in the universe. Tim, <laughs> if you want to talk about Twin Peaks, either the original series or the return, we'll have you on the pod. <laughs> I know I know you want to talk about the Mitchum brothers. I know you do. All right. You don't even know who those are. No. <laughs> We've can, seen them already. Can, uh, I think I know who they are then. You can you can catch that on our Twin Peaks One of them rewatch is Jim podcast. Belushi. <laughs> on our Twin Peaks rewatch podcast. Yeah, there, insert there clever a, name here. <laughs> there are a lot of connections yes. between Twin Peaks and Marble Hornets, and I think that will be a subject for another episode. Yes. Or but, at least give us the opportunity to get more into that. But you knew that. Hey, I... if you like Marble Hornets, you should watch Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Yeah. Except for. Except for the parts that aren't. <laughs> Every time uh, Jay, not Jay, James is not in Twin Peaks, you can just fast forward through those scenes. It's okay. <laughs> I made you watch them all. <laughs> you sure did. Um, also, final thing, just talking about Brian, there is that one last to the arc entry that we talked about where we have like narration over it. And that is, oh, Tim. That's, that's, that's the entry, uh, hashtag. That's not a to the arc. Oh, yeah. entry dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, sign. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have Tim giving narration as like, he's in the mask and coming in and out of focus and stuff. Mm hmm. Um, but he does use the word us. He sure does. So we ass- will wait for you. Mm-hmm. No we more. will wait for you no longer. So I'm assuming he's just talking about Brian there. Yeah. I mean, something to the arc always, uh, refers to themselves as us, mm-hmm. as far as I can think of. And I think that's another thing we can save for another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just exactly what to the arc is and what it means. Um, I think that goes beyond the scope of, of this episode yeah, right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um, I don't know what, I don't know if you were still wanting to talk about more of these things still. Or I mean, you had a... No, oh yeah, I wanted one. to talk about the basement. I guess this would have been more relevant when we were talking about the chronology of all that, but when Jay... I, I, this isn't really even a discussion. This is just me being like, with, with hindsight, thinking about how wild entry 23 is. Because we have Jay in the house with teleporting doors and all of that. Brian's house. Brian is somewhere. We don't know where. That's, that's, that's a a line that Alex says while they're in Brian's house in 2006 in entry 20. And I think that's wonderful because that's, that just sums up the whole goddamn, like, (laughs) arc with that house brian's somewhere we're in his house we don't know where he went um he went to get snacks and he never came back he went to get cigarettes for tim he never (laughs) came back um anyway we when when jay goes into the basement when he like gets teleported into the creepy basement we've been referring to this basement as the basement of the hospital building the big building not the little one um which is not a hundred percent canon. Yeah, you when you refer to it as that, I was like, do we ever find out that that is actually the basement of that building? 
It's not... And because I I never put that together in my head. I thought that this was like a weird separate space that we never returned to again. It's not... We, we never actually see the connection right. between these places. So it's, it's not 100% confirmed, but the fact that this is where... That in in entry fifty six, uh, when Tim is showing this to Alex, he says like there's however many floors and a basement. He mentions specifically that there's a basement, and so I feel like that is maybe kind of meant as a confirmation that like because in real life that is the basement of that building, um, which is why it looks you know similar. I've gone into a ramble and I didn't mean to. All of that to say, uh, it's not 100% confirmed, but there's enough evidence to probably say that it's it's the basement of the hospital building, which means that. Uh, so where Brian's house is in the series is in quote unquote college town, if you were ever on the <laughs> on the, the unfiction or the wiki dot or the whatever, um, where everyone lived when the filming of Marble Hornets was going on. Then we have Rosswood Town, which is the town where Rosswood Park is, which is where seasons two and three take place, for the most part. That's where the hospital is, is in Rosswood Town, which is apparently far enough from College Town that Tim says it'll be far enough that they'll need to split gas money to get there. And Jay says after a couple of days of driving, he, like got back to Rosswood Town from wherever the fuck he was or something. Mm-hmm. Or other way around. Whatever. Anyway, it's really far is the point that I'm trying to make here. And so Jay opens this door in Brian's house and ends up somewhere hundreds of miles away. And then, like, the next morning he's back in his house with, like, no explanation for how that happened. And that might be the most kind of extreme example of the weird teleporting stuff but then again i guess we do get all of the stuff with uh the the in in entry 83 and entry 86 with Mm -hmm. like the college and the running through the tunnel and the hospital and all of that but most of that is at least within like the same zip code probably (laughs) and then meanwhile we have the basement that wasn't really much of a discussion i just wanted to (laughs) to bring it up again because it's neat Mm -hmm. so do we finally want to talk about the fuckery that's going on in Entry 26? We should, yes. Because they're... Mm, I'm calling shenanigans on this one. Okay. For a couple different reasons. One, as we've already talked about in this episode, Alex is a manipulator. Alex is a bad man. He controls information and only presents things to people that make him look like a victim. Jay receives the text from (laughs) Alex about the tape he's going to get on the same day that is on the timestamp of the tape, Mm -hmm. April 4th. So Jay receives the text on April 4th. The timestamp is April 4th. He gets gets the text, I believe, at like 7 something p.m. or 9 something p.m. I think it's 9 something p.m. Mm -hmm. And the timestamp of the video was around 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. It is highly implausible. Mm-hmm. I Well, it is implausible to me that Alex was there minding his own business. All the stuff with Jay is going on. And once Jay decides to hang it up, 
something happens to Alex and then is able to get in contact with Jay the very same day things went down. Also, he he states in that entry that the camera that Amy is holding is his old college camera and he's recording onto a tape that was already in it. There are no timestamps from the earlier footage, but there is a timestamp uh, in, in like the main part of the entry. So I think that was added in post. My my theory for this entry is that whatever happened with Amy may have happened quite a quite a <laughs> before. Well, an indeterminate amount of time before he says it did. Mm. And has this footage to send to Jay to lure him somewhere. What do you think would be the reason for it being specifically April 4th? Because in... Well, it's his birthday. Okay, yes. But it, something that I wanted to mention is that in... What I had wanted to look at the Twitter for before we recorded the last entry was to see if Jay actually like mentioned anything before entry 26 about him quitting this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Entry 26, when he recorded that thing saying that this is going to be the last video he's going to be posting, he had not posted that yet at the point that he got the text. Right. So I had just had a sudden realization slash thought that I was thinking about and would like to bring forth yeah, yeah. as perhaps more evidence of that theory or to go along with that is if Alex knows about what Jay is doing, if Alex has seen the Marble Hornets channel and, and seen... Alex, I do believe is searching online for Marble Hornets. Oh, certainly. <laughs> um, especially if that did happen, like with what, if what happened with Amy was a long time ago, like if that was not before... even necessarily a long time ago, but earlier. Than yeah. Like he would certainly have, he'd be on the lookout to see what was going on and to see what was going on with all of his college buddies. Mm-hmm. So my idea that I had just now was the idea of maybe everything going quiet from Jay and him not saying anything on the Twitter or posting anything on the channel was a sign that like, Oh, maybe he's going to move on from this and, Maybe maybe Alex won't have to track him down and kill him. Maybe he'll just kind of float away and everything will be fine. <laughs> um, and that's what spurs Alex into acting? Well, what spurs Alex into acting, he sends the text to Jay mm-hmm. with the date. Mm-hmm. And to he, keep him in one place. No. Well, first of all, he I think he moves locations since then. Okay. But he immediately puts the image of the of that text on the twitter what if it was like kind of a test to see will jay jump right back into this at the first sign uh, of anything like if if he so sends... you think alex was trying to like let him off the hook but if jay is really just gonna dive right back in at the first sight of things then he yeah. can't let jay go yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking like if 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 he sends this text to jay and jay doesn't say anything about it then first of all, maybe Jay's just changed his number and it doesn't matter anyway because we have no way to find him. That, well, I'm sure Alex could find him, but um, if he doesn't, you know, respond or say anything about it, then 
presumably whatever. We can just let it go. But the fact that he does is when Alex is like, okay, well, now I'm going to send you a tape and I'm going to lure you to this location and do some murder. And I think really the only reason Alex does not kill Jay at that house is because Tim also shows up. And I think that's the reason why Tim is there. Uh Uh-huh. Like, yeah. No, yeah. It's very good. Um, Also, piling on to my theory, we know that Alex, in the future, will follow Jay and Tim around and sort of track them by the videos that they post. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, not, um, out of the ordinary for me that he would know where Jay was and where to send packages to. He's probably been keeping tabs on Jay. And this is the part where you and I are going to differ, but I am fairly certain that Alex is the one who sets the fire in Jay's apartment. I, I go back and forth on that all the time because now I'm back with you where Uh, I think that's the case because... My, my real, my, my only real evidence for is that we see alex burn things down yes that's true burns down tim's house that's true although we also do know that the hospital burned that tim was a patient in um which presumably had nothing to do with alex but i guess we really don't know any of that Mm -hmm. but but this seems intentional and directed at a person that's true which is how alex operates i did want to make a note though i i made a note here that Because the idea of Jay being kind of scared out of his apartment before it burns down by to the Ark Mm -hmm. as like a Mm -hmm. protection thing is a really good idea. I like that. But I do want to mention that before that, we have the to the Ark video warning, which says stay home, be alone, which seems like the opposite of what he should be doing is getting the fuck out. Mm -hmm. I always view that as a response though to the previous entry where uh jay's like i don't want answers anymore and then to the r he's just like try it yeah. try not to be that's a good point in this like once you're in it like you can't get back out of it you had your chance to not be in it and you gave it up yeah um to me that is not like telling him to literally stay home be alone but it's a taunt yeah. Being like, try, try to stay home. Try to keep your neck out of this business. Yeah. After you've sort of opened up the box. Yeah. Anyways, to to cohere this all into a not even a timeline, but sort of a cohesive theory, uh, something happens with Amy. Mm-hmm. Alex is sucked back in. This could be before or during all the stuff going on with Jay. Alex learns of Jay's involvement with posting things online and following up threads and realizes that he needs to end this guy's life. Mm -hmm. What if the idea now of of that... Go on, I'm sorry. I was just going to tie the knot on this part. (laughs) Okay, please do. Um, Alex... Burns down Jay's apartment. As you do. Um, trying to either flush Jay out or kill Jay, but Jay is not there. He's gone on the run. Alex become, is somehow able to track him, and in order to finally get him in one place by himself, 
sent sends some old footage that he already has of the operator being back in his life puts a timestamp on it to make continuity work sends it to jay with a return address that will lead him to a secluded area where alex can kill him yeah i don't know how i feel about the idea of him putting the timestamp on the video i think that could have been put on there like i think that I think perhaps this this footage could have been recorded originally on a different tape and put onto this tape. Hmm. I mean, not that it really makes much of a difference either way. Just I, the only reason I think that is because the timestamp does the weird thing when the operator shows up, which I don't think that Alex would put into mm, it. But I don't know. Who could say? Alex is a crafty guy. Anyway, I just want to mention that the idea of that that footage taking place earlier than we think it does has put this idea in my head of Jay finding these tapes in his closet around the same time that Amy finds this camera in her closet. <laughs> and I love that very much. Oh, uh, that would be great. We'll never get any confirmation if that's correct, but and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I mean, in a strange way, I could almost see that working as like kind of a, not a theory, but like a an idea, um, because we were talking about you know what which things trigger what in the series. The idea of something bad happening to Amy, mm-hmm. and then suddenly Jay, meanwhile, is picking up this whole thing again and getting getting pe- digging up old stuff like or the other way around where Jay going to look through the tapes. Well, I was going to say not the other way around because, like, I don't know exactly how it would be that the operator or whoever could, like, kind of spur Jay to, like, find these tapes in his closet or whatever. No, I mean, Jay finds the tapes and sees the operator on the first one, and then it shows up next to Alex. That's the opposite of what I'm saying, though. I know. But yes, no, that's that's also good. But... The idea of, of the operator needs people to spread, it seems. We don't know. Yeah, we don't I, know that this for is sure. something that I want to talk about maybe in, in, a, in yeah. a future episode. Uh, the, me- the mechanics of, how, of what the operator does and how it works and how it influences people. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I really want to get into. No, I don't want to get too far into it. But I do want to say just with going with that as a thought in mind... If if Alex eliminates the the possibility of Amy being able to spread the operator to anything, mm-hmm. and then somewhere elsewhere in the world, suddenly for some reason Jay just feels like you know, I wonder whatever happened to those tapes that I had. Ah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you mean. I I don't necessarily think that that's I don't know how that would all work out, but I like that that is a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Who can say? Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. I, 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 we were talking about Jay being an editor, so I made a note that I want to get back to whenever we're in season three or whenever we have our next discussion episode like this. Is just the idea of how great it would be if later on when Tim takes over the channel, if the style <laughs> of the videos suddenly changed completely. If, if, if Tim is not a video I, I editor. I mean, what's great about that is that Tim does have a different voice mm-hmm. and a different style of editing that 
than uh, Jay does. Which yeah, it's such a such a good touch. I've always thought that that was really a nice a nice thing that happens is that like it's obviously you know different people mm-hmm. that are editing. like Jay maybe has more of an eye for detail, but Tim has more of an eye for big picture. Mm-hmm. And like constructing a narrative and knows what information he's actually like sending across to the audience and also like what to hide from them. Also, as a as just a tiny note, that was the thing that I was thinking of specifically was that uh, Jay always calls the pills pills and Tim always calls them medicine, Medi- medicine yeah, or medication or whatever. That has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a nice touch. Well, if you don't have anything else, I've got one last thing I want to bring up mm-hmm. before we bring it home. And this is going to be, I didn't want to bring this up until the spoiler part, but this is going to be sort of how I'm viewing the series from here on out. A lot of people watch Marble Hornets and come away with the idea that the operator is a metaphor for mental illness and that reading definitely is there there is definitely a theme of mental illness and how it affects people and how people combat against it Mm -hmm. specifically schizophrenia um all throughout the series but really hammered home in season three and i mentioned this in our last episode but a lot of me watching the series now is me trying to resist uh, common interpretations Mm -hmm. and making my own associations and sort of coming away with with a new meaning that that I've constructed Um, so I am and I I don't want to be like well (laughs) I don't want to be like see evidence in of of the theme of the series being mental illness and be like, no, that's not what I'm getting out of this. Because that that definitely is there. That is such a huge component to to what Marble Hornets is about. In a very real sense, Marble Hornets is about mental illness and what it does to people. Um, but the lens through which I am watching the series now, and this is gonna also get into like the mechanical versus the thematic a lot of people come and uh, come from marble hornets and say that the operator is a metaphor for mental illness and i think that's too simplistic of a way yeah of of looking at it the the operator can sort of stand in for mental illness and represent it and affect people in the same way uh mental illness does but it is a I think taking that as like a one-to-one representation where the operator is a symbol for mental illness, specifically schizophrenia, is is doing a disservice both to like the craft of the show and also to uh, the subject of mental illness and schizophrenia. I don't want to make these one-to-one readings. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of want... To, <laughs> this goes back to us watching Twin Peaks, where a lot of that show operates on sort of free association, uh, connecting images together that sort of, like, echo each other. Um, I, I'm trying to operate in this space watching 
the uh, the show Marvel Hornets and what is coming to my mind and what I'm going to continue to keep in mind as we watch this is that the operator is a representation of isolation hmm. and the operator is effective when people are alone and is weakened when people not even when they're together but when people stand up for other people mm. um, when you are protecting your friend when you are when you decide to get in deep with somebody who's going through a hard time this is the stuff that keeps the operator at bay and the operator is at its most vicious and its most insidious when you're alone and when you deny help from other people um and that has been very potent watching season one and i think will only continue to be more potent as we continue um that's a really good read and this is this is something that i want to keep coming back to and also adjust as i watch the series again and um make more connections and you know maybe i'll change my mind about this entire thing maybe i'll remember things or see things that contradict this reading but this is basically every single episode that we've watched this has been at the very front of my mind that the operator both represents isolation and is the stuff that causes isolation and feeds on it mm -hmm. and continues a cycle of cutting yourself off from other people yeah um but that that is uh i really like that read yeah I also I'm, I also want to say that just that like I don't it, none of none of the I don't think that the uh, the operator was intended to be any sort of metaphor in the story itself. Uh, so pretty much any way that you want to read this is, you know, mm -hmm. valid. So, yeah, I, I a lot of people have have taken a lot from how Marvel Hornets treats the issue mm -hmm. of of mental illness and schizophrenia and a lot of people see themselves in this show yeah um and i think that's incredibly valuable but it's not i i don't want that to be the default reading for me yeah i no, don't want that, makes sense. that to sort of subsume any other meeting that i can get out of this um but yeah this is this is just what's been in in my head watching this this time that's a really good like way of phrasing that that I've never really thought about. So I really like that as well. So I'll I'll be I'll be thinking about that as well as we go forward. Is there anything else? I'm just staring at the release date of entry 27 and I'm just like still <laughs> still like kicking myself for not like suggesting that we <laughs> go ahead and start <laughs> season 2 on yeah. This will be coming out on the 23rd, and the 23rd of November is when season two started. Yeah, we could have started our second season of this show the same day, ten years later. Is our, is, do we have a second season? Is, is yeah, episode that'll be our, six... Yeah, it'll be our second season. Episode six is the start of season two of Great More Tapes. So speaking of second seasons, next time on Great More Tapes, we are starting season two of Marble Hornets. And boy, it's going to be fun. And we are covering entries 27 through 30, I believe. That's what we said. Yes. Let me check. Hold on. Yep. Yes. 27 through 30. Um, which I think will... It's, it's not a particularly lengthy chunk. I think it's under 20 minutes. 
but there's a lot to talk about yeah we should have plenty to chew on um the premise of what season two is i think is interesting enough to to have quite a bit to talk about and uh you know how it works and how it doesn't work Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have a lot to talk about that so next time entries 27 through 30 we should have uh we should probably have put that in the in the pre-spoiler section yeah Uh, (laughs) i I may add something there but uh i just realized that's gonna be it from us tonight and until next time jay why didn't you burn these tapes why don't you direct it at alex this time alex Alex, should have burned these why didn't you burn these tapes really good night no the priest was on their knees and I met faith in him.